Thank you, Madam Chairwoman, for the opportunity to speak with you. And thank you for your attention to this important issue. My testimony will focus on how Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta violates both congressional original intent and 200 year understanding and practice. Federal jurisdiction crimes non-Indians against Indians was the first and most important of Congress's Indian country jurisdiction statutes. Congress created that jurisdiction in 1790, but did not extend that jurisdiction to Indian country crimes generally until 1817. That's because non-Indian crime threatened the peace of the nation, the treaties with tribal nations, and states could not be trusted to punish the offenders. In 1832, the Supreme Court decided Worcester v. Georgia, a landmark decision in the battle between state, tribal, and federal power. The court held that Georgia, in prosecuting two non-Indian missionaries in, on Cherokee land, violated not only the Cherokee treaties, but also Congress's statutes regarding crimes in Indian country. Two years later, Congress reenacted those statutes, incorporating that understanding of state exclusion. The language of those statutes has remained the same, the core language from 1834 to today. Authority has increased in Indian country since 1834. States never got jurisdiction over crimes involving Indians. In 1886, the Supreme Court affirmed that this was because the federal trust responsibility prevented jurisdiction because states were often the deadliest enemies of Indian people. Although that case involved an Indian defendant, the court in 1913 affirmed that this reasoning applied even more to cases where non-Indians were committing crimes against Indians. In 1946, and again, in 1959, the Supreme Court stated that it lacked jurisdiction over non-Indian against Indian crimes. 20th century statutes make this even clearer. At least nine between 1940 and 1994, Congress explicitly granted states jurisdiction over offenses by or against Indians in Indian country. Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta suggested that language in nine statutes over five decades was either merely Congress spinning its wheels or acting because it did not was not sure of the law. But that's not how we interpret statutes, and the Supreme Court once recognized that. Of course, those statutes were from an earlier time when Congress thought that state jurisdiction might improve public safety in Indian country. Today, as you've heard, it's not true. In fact, it's the opposite. State jurisdiction makes native victims less safe. And the federal government has recognized that, requiring tribal consent before states expand jurisdiction, encouraging and permitting states to retrocede the jurisdiction they already have, and 
expanding tribal accountable jurisdiction in its stead. In Oklahoma, Castro Huerta, the Supreme Court ignored all of this history, all of these congressional actions, all of these Supreme Court statements. It also ignored the accepted rules for preemption in Indian affairs. Unsettling jurisdiction in civil as well as criminal matters. Instead, it accepted Oklahoma's invitation to make up an interpretation of its own, forced from 200 years of history and understanding. This is bad law and it's bad policy and for considering action to fix it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your testimony. The chair will now recognize uh, Ms. Bethany Berger. I'm sorry, the chair will now recognize Ms. Carol Goldberger, Goldberg, who is the Jonathan D. Varat Distinguished Professor of Law at the University of California School of Law, as well as the Chief Justice for the Court of Appeals for the Wallapai Tribe and the Chief Justice for the Court of Appeals for the Pechanga Band of Indians.